Hey family, welcome to the Grabbing My Sword podcast. Here we are honest about our mistakes, we are open about our journey, and we are looking to be transformed through the word of God. I pray that this podcast will bless your soul, and I pray that you will enjoy it. God bless you. What's up, what's up family? Welcome to another episode of Grabbing My Sword gods warriors i am so excited to be doing another episode you know i gotta say the how excited i am because every episode it just seems like it just gets better and better and better last episode i had the opportunity to sit down with a good friend of mine and dari daray let me get it right daray and we talked uh, about amazing stuff but i'm excited for this episode because i got my good sis on the show i'm gonna move out the way i'm gonna let you introduce yourself say whatever you want to say take however long you need floor is yours what is up i'm definitely excited as well i am ari i am the founder of black sheet beauty where changing negative narratives is our lifestyle i am a content creator poet aspiring motivational speaker woman of god all of those things so thank you for having me i'm excited to be here yes ma'am so tell the people a little bit let's do a, a dive into black sheep beauty yes how i started all of that oh my gosh so how i started was obviously we go to the same church city of joy mm. um in 2017 i went to i prevail conference it's coming back so i'm so excited um mm. but i went there to do a poem and in the poem um, I said, I am black sheep beauty, never meant to conform to the world. And what I meant by that was a lot of, I, for a lot of my life, I felt like it was just something about me that wasn't normal. I didn't fit in. I didn't look like it. I didn't feel like it. Um, so when I went to the conference, um, I thought I was just being obedient and going to the conference. I'm nervous. I'm not even owning the gift of poetry yet. And um, the keynote speaker, I'll never forget, Pastor Aziza Morrison, um, she was like, where is that baby at that did the poem? That black sheep beauty, that is your business. Like, that is what, what God has for you. So she just began to speak life into me in mm. such a, a profound way. And before I even leave the conference, like a woman who did not know me, who just believed um, in the word that was spoken over my life, wrote me a check and handed it to me. So I used that to start my LLC. Um, I had no idea what it what it takes to be a business owner. Um, never done it before. Um, I was in school for business, but I, I, I didn't plan on um, becoming a business owner. So it, it honestly was just being in the right room at the right time. And God said, this is what you're supposed to do. So we started doing that through fashion and clothes mm. because that is the first thing people see. Um, when you meet someone, you look at their outfit, you kind of, you know, size them up. And I wanted to be intentional with um letting people know that it's okay to be set apart, it's okay to be peculiar, it's okay to be the curse breaker, it's okay to be the first one in your family to ever do it. So um, we try to make that a lifestyle. Okay. So when you when you talk about trying to make that a lifestyle, your, your main objective is to push people into purpose. Exactly. And identity. Exactly. And identity. They all love talking about identity. Yes. I swear, like the last three people <laughs> have, we literally been just talking about identity. And I don't mind standing in that spectrum because identity is something that um, we need to grab hold of. We need to know who we are. We need to remember who we are. When I started my brand, I am, um, it started off as a Bible study, just something like I did on campus. But God told me it was going to be more than that. And when it, when I thought about the, the statement, I am, that holds so much power and authority because mm -hmm. whatever you say that you are, that, that is. that's what you're going to be. And, you know, a lot of times we joke around, we be like, oh, I'm, I'm weak. I really don't say I, I'm weak no more. Mm -mm. Even when I when it's funny, I don't say that no more because it's like 
you're you're proclaiming it over your life, and I never want to uh, do that. But it was through my seasons where I was in um, hard times and difficulties where I was proclaiming stuff over my life that God was like, no, that's not who you are. You are who I say you are. But it all started with my mindset, yes. as a man thinking. So is he, Absolutely. my mindset was, I'm not worthy enough, or my mindset was, I can't do it, or my mindset was, we're never capable of reaching the potential that God has for us. So when my mindset became that, it be, it was easy for me to start procrastinating, mm-hmm. or hold off on it, or like, I can't really do that, I'm gonna let somebody else do that, I let somebody else take my spot instead. But it was through that uh, transformation of declaring who I am through uh, reading God's word that I realized that I can do all things through Christ yeah, who strengthens it. me and I can do what God says. I can do it. I will become who God says I will be. So that's a, that's amazing. You got to, when are you going to drop something for the man? Oh, I'm working on it because the thing about it is there is when I want something, how I want it, mm-hmm. I like, I want a certain fit. I want a certain, I want it to look a certain way. So I definitely, like you said, even with mindset, with that, I procrastinate with that because I'm like, well, no, I feel like sometimes, like, I be wanting to get it perfect, and Mm -hmm. God is like, it doesn't have to be perfect for you to execute it all the time, so even, like you said, like, just speaking life into stuff before you even get there, Mm -hmm. so I think with that, I I, I do procrastinate a little bit on that, but um, I do have it as a priority. I'm going to, I'm trying to make it unisex, so it doesn't have to be women or men, it could just be more leaning towards unisex, so I got So I like what you just said, uh, I procrastinated because... I want it to be so perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's like when you're talking about thought pro- thought patterns and, and, and that's what I feel like um, I am learning. I am unlearning mm-hmm. that because that's what I feel like um, anxiety comes from for me. I feel like um, God will give me such an amazing idea. And if it's not how I see it in my head as the end goal, then I feel like I can't do it like that. I feel like God is like, no, I'm, I'm giving you the idea. I'm giving you a glimpse of how I want it to be or what it can be. Right. And now I just need you to take the, take the baby steps and let me lead you. But I'll be like, no, God, if I don't got the right, I want it to look like this. I want it to be. So God gave me last week to do it in excellence in whatever level that you're on. Right. So and that kind of is helping me, you know, relinquish control and, and, and really invite God into even the places where I don't have experience, where I've never done it before. I am learning more than ever that he will equip me. He has me doing things that I never thought, like, five years, I would laugh if somebody told me I would be on a podcast or have a small Mm. business or um, travel doing poetry or, you know, people ask me to stop. Like, I never, ever, I wrote things down in my journal. He's pulling them off the page. But I'm realizing, like, it does not have to be perfect Mm. for it to be excellent. So as long as I'm, I'm, I'm trying to still, you know, I still have to, you know, get up every day. I have to be intentional with talking to myself and speaking life into myself. Like you said, when you created your brand, I am like you were intentional on speaking what you are, not what you aren't. So I have to do that every day. And it doesn't, um, I think we, we get it misconstrued that like when you love God, that it becomes easier. It, it, it just makes it, you don't have to do it alone in those things. Like you feel like, like, you know, when I was struggling with anxiety, I'm like, God going to free me instantly. Like he just going to give me that. I ain't going to be scared again. I'm going to be fearless. And <laughs> that's not how it goes at all. God, every gift that God has given me, it is the one that scares me the most. And mm. I know he did that strategically. He gave me gifts that are way bigger than me that scare me like that. Because for me to d- dethrone anxiety, I have to surrender. And he knows that I struggle with that. He knows. It's even pride. Like, God talked to me about pride. Like, he said, like, you want me to be God in your life how you want me to be. How prideful is that? Like, God, I don't want you to bless me, but only if you do it like, do, 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 do. Only if you do it one, two, three, four, and I'm comfortable with it. And I can, like, no, at all. Like, God is truly, 
I've been praying a specific prayer, asking God to truly help me surrender and help me with the spirit of fear. And what I thought that meant was I would be fearless. That doesn't mean that for me. Um, it means that even when I am afraid that I don't have to let it consume me, that that's not how God created me. He did not create me with the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. So that means that I can invite God into the moments where I'm afraid and say, God, listen, I know for a fact that I wouldn't be here without you coming to this moment. Tell me what you want me to say. Tell me what you want me to do. Tell you how you want my content to look. And once I started doing that, it, it gets a little bit easier. I still have to be intentional with it. It's still a fight because sometimes I'll be like, okay, God, but you said it like this. And God, like, ah, ah. like this is where you're trying to take the control back. So um, I'm just, I'm learning to, to unlearn. And like we're in a season of uncommon, unexpected, and unpredictable. Right. So I've been like, okay, God, you're free to do something uncommon. Then when he do it, I'm like, wait, that ain't how I thought it was going to be. So... What you doing? Come and on. he like, how, how, <laughs> like, how, like, how do you want me to do something uncommon, unpredictable, unexpected if you want me to do it in a predictable way? Yeah. So it's, it's a battle. Like, in my mind, I have to literally talk to myself. I have to talk to my thoughts. I have to literally have to lay pride down. Right. So. That's, that's deep. And that was just a lot. So you talked about controlling. Mm -hmm. And when you was talking, uh, I've, I just heard a, a phrase go through my mind. Passion is perfect. Mm. Passion is is perfect to have passion. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, because we are so passionate about what we're doing, mm -hmm. we want to be in control. Ooh. And I was just out on a date last night, and I was I was talking to my, my girl, and we was talking about, um, I was just telling her, like, first of all, relationships is, like, just, like, something that I'm, I've always been afraid of because... Mm -hmm. I want to be in control and bring another person into your life. Mm -hmm. You can't be in control. Mm -mm. You like, take a risk. you can't control this person. You can't overpower this person. You have to learn how to let this person drive their own car. You can't teach them how to drive their own car. You got to let them drive their own car because that's how they drove their car. Mm -hmm. You can't be in control. So for me, relationships was something that was always scary because I know that I can't be in control. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not in control of something, that's when I'm the most fearful. Mm -hmm. And I went on to just low-key self-contradict myself because I want to experience relationships, mm -hmm. but I know I can't be in control. I know this person's going to come with their flaws and all this other stuff. I know it's not always going to be perfect, but for me, I feel like it always has to be perfect. And when you're walking with mm -hmm. God, it's never mm -hmm. going to be perfect. Mm -mm. And that's the hardest thing for me, giving up control. Yes. Because <laughs> I want to, it's like, I want to serve God. I want to honor God. I want to glorify God. But then I wake up and I try to be God over my own life. <laughs> come on. I start my day off by saying, Lord, mm -hmm. let your kingdom come. Let your will be done mm -hmm. here on earth as it is in heaven. I, I talked about how it, if it is possible, let this cup pass me not. But if not, I'm going to drink it. Mm -hmm. But then I walk out into the world. And if I don't like the cup, if it tastes bitter, <laughs> I'm pushing it to the side. Yeah. If it tastes sour, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I want it my way. Mm -hmm. And for so long, when I, when I look back over all the times that I had it my way, it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. It was only when I surrendered to God where the unexpected the uncommon and the unpredictable begin to happen. We want mm -hmm. the exceedingly abundantly and above to happen over our lives, mm -hmm. 
but a lot of times we don't want to give up control but it's only when we can give up control that we will be blessed because if we're always in control guess what we're only cursing ourselves and stopping ourselves from getting to the blessings of god so that was good when you talked about perfection and controlling but what you just said about that because i feel like as you were talking i thought about like wanting to control for me i had to unpack and what it really was is I just wanted to feel safe mm-hmm. because when you don't feel safe, that's why you want to control everything, and every part. And if you think if you do, you'll prevent yourself from getting hurt or, like you said, in relationships, taking a risk. That's a risk to let somebody when you care about somebody, when, you t- when, you're, when we're talking about love. But we have to think about the ultimate sacrifice, like how yeah. God loves us. Like he literally he risked it all. So we're, we're obligated to risk back. And, and, and that's through people. So and a lot of times. But it's uncomfortable. Like you said, it's taking my hands off the wheel and allowing somebody else to hold my heart in their hand and then trusting them enough not to break it. That's deep. That's scary. But I realized that pattern. I read this book and it literally said um, your relationship with your earthly father impacts your relationship with with the heavenly father. Right. So then that's what started my unpacking into well, why am I so scared to let God fully control it when I know he's never left me nor forsaken me? He's the only one who's unchanging. Like, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But I'm looking at God like, God, you're going to disappoint me, though. You can do it for them. But it, when it comes to me, something's going to happen when it comes to me. And it really was, I just wanted to feel safe. Like, when you struggle with, you know, abandonment issues or, you know, disappointment or rejection, those things, as an adult, it just manifests into anxiety or, you know, overthinking or wanting to control everything because, if I do, then I'm safe. But like you said, every single time I've done that, it's always I've always crashed and burned. Mm. Every time. And any time I've ever, like, I've come to God humbly, like, snot crying, like, God, I thought I had it, and I don't. And he just wants that one moment. You thought you had it, but you didn't have it. And I've been had you. Right. i just been waiting on you to come to me with it, whatever that is. So once I started to be vulnerable and just tell God, look, I'm afraid. Like, I may look, you know, fearless. And people be like, how are you scared and you do poetry? Public speaking, this scared me today. Like, when I tell you the stuff that I went through on this week and the thought patterns I had on this week that I had to fight, yeah. I had to remember, like, God gave me gifts that scared me for a reason. So I love what you said about, you know, relinquishing control and not trying to drive other people. You can only, you know, control your response to them, how you communicate to them, how you receive from them. We can only control ourselves and trust God that he puts us with the person that brings out the the, the version of us that he sees. So, right. But it's risky. Yeah. It's risky. And the question becomes, are we willing to walk into the unknown? Mm, we say we are all the time. But I know, I, we, like you said, like we, we say it, like we get up every morning, we decree and declare a thing. But then when it gets to actually walking it out, that's when it's, when it's hard. But I, I've learned that my process and my transformation, I cannot compare that to anybody else's. I'm going to heal at, and evolve at my own pace. And I have to give myself grace to do that. Like I'm trying to unlearn 30 plus years of one way of thinking. I was taught how to be anxious, how to overthink. Like I, you know, so now I'm unlearning and, and getting in God's word, just rev- like asking him, I just said, God, take me on a love journey with you and myself. Like, yeah. I don't know. I want to know you so I can know me. And I find it, it's, it's definitely difficult. So I don't want to sugarcoat and pretend like, oh, one day I woke up and I just, you know, start kicking anxieties. But no, that's not what happened. I still, but what I find is that now I'm quicker to surrender. When I, when I feel it and I feel like I'm resisting, I go, okay, God, I feel myself. I feel my pride rising up. I feel me want to, come on in, come on in, <laughs> come on in. And when I tell you, I, I even ask God for something as simple as a laugh for my belly. God, I just want a belly laugh today. I'm worried. I'm tired. I'm weary. Just make me laugh. <laughs> and I tell you, he'll do it. <laughs> when I tell you I find something that make me holler, I'll be like, God is that. He loved me that much just to be like, okay, 
I never prayed that before. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get that in my arsenal. Man, well, I you know we can pray eloquent. You know you're you you know you're a prayer warrior as well. So I I realize this just having a relationship. Just hey God, I need you to do this for me today. Yeah. I need you to show me what serving you looks like today. Even on my job, show me the right heart posture today. Show me how to give you control today. I don't know what that looks like today. Yeah, and I think when I when I think about prayer, I'm also gonna ask you another question. I get back to that. Hopefully, I, I remember when I think about prayer. Um, you said it's like just having simple conversations. Um, it's so easy when we see uh, certain people pray and how powerful they pray and eloquent mm-hmm. they pray. We feel like that we have to somehow mimic that. Mm-hmm. And when we do do that, we we miss the uh, the whole point of uh, an idea that when we're going into prayer, we're taking our personality into there. Mm-hmm. And not all the time are you going to go in there speaking in tongues and shouting and all of that. Sometimes you're going there with your depressed self, your anxiety self, with mm-hmm. your shy self, with the self that is stubborn. And mm-hmm. like a lot of times, like I hear the Holy Spirit, like you ready to talk and I'll be like, no. <laughs> yeah. like, and I'll be in my room, just it just me, me and the Holy Spirit. You sure you're not ready to talk? No, like it's nothing to talk about. Like it don't even matter. Like mm-hmm. you've seen what happened. I saw, <laughs> I, like you are, you seen exactly what I saw. Like what is there to talk about? Like it, it, it is mm-hmm. what it is, and that's the I don't care type of face. Mm-hmm. So when we pray, we take our our personalities into it, and we have to remember, like take your personality into, personality into it, and don't try to overdo it because the Lord already knows <laughs> yeah. what you want to pray for before you pray. So instead mm-hmm. of like being like the Pharisees and saying all them long prayers. Not saying that there's nothing wrong with long prayers, mm-hmm. but like remember to always take your personality into it. But mm-hmm. you also mentioned, um, you said you was taught to overthink. Mm-hmm. Let's dive deep into that. Yeah. So what I realized is um, going on this anxiety journey and thought patterns and all of that, I, I went back to ask myself, like, when is the first time I remember like being anxious? And I don't remember the very first time, but I do remember as a as a girl, as a kid, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 I used to pull my eyelashes out and I didn't know, like we didn't call it anxiety back then. I couldn't say, Oh, I seen my mother at the table stressing out over her bills. It's anxiety. We didn't call it that. It was my mom looking at these bills or it, you know, we hear the term in in a black community, especially like, Oh, I got bad nerves. My nerves is bad. No, that's something. And, and of course, as a believer, like you, it's a stigma around mental health and all of that. So you feel like, you know, I'm struggling with these thoughts or even suicidal thoughts. And you feel like, your prayer life should be different. It should be stronger right. for you to feel that. But I remember, like, watching my mother. My, my father went to um, prison early. So it was uh, uh, my mom and my little brother and I, for the, for the most part. So I just watched. And, you know, parents try to hide it from you. But you know your parents. You know what heavy feels like in yeah. your house. So I would try to, you know, not be a burden in any way. So, you know, you then you pick up. and Or, or seeing, you know, when, I, when my father was there, we have a great relationship now. But, uh abuse in my like in the home so you get you just learn how to be anxious or you learn how to people please or you learn how to worry and and you think oh this is normal like we you know you don't say you're supposed to worry but you think oh if it ain't one thing it's another we hear that term so as an adult you know I, I I was stressed out over bills or not having enough or, or, you know, people please to try to make, you know, myself be in this. So it's not conflict. So it's just, you, you learn these things on accident. You see mm. things and it, your body responds in a certain way. So I, I don't, you know, I'm not good with, with conflict or confrontation. So I would be like, people please. Like if I'm just, 
the perfect me I can be. And then that's when I would feel that pull in me to say, this is not you. What are you doing? And that's why I feel like I always, like, I would try, but I would always fall short. I, like, something, I'm just missing the mark with this, trying to be things for everybody else. And I feel like that's why I feel like God always knew I was a black sheep and always knew something. But I learned for so many years what anxiety looks like, what it right. felt like. You know, my, my high blood pressure, you know, diabetes, like all of these things that you don't even think are stress-related. Uh, you just see it. You see it in your house. You you know, you see it at school. You see it, you know, on your job. Everybody have the same complaint. So I, I had to learn, like, you know, that's not how we're supposed to be. I'm like, we're called to live in peace and always be thankful. And I had to learn how I had to make a decision when I, I think it was uh, 2018 or 2019. Um, you know, I started experiencing in my body. I was sick. My mm. hair was falling out, skin breaking out. And I was going to my doctor like, I feel sick. And I still wasn't calling it anxiety. And he was asking me questions and asking me questions and asking me questions. He said, that's general anxiety disorder. And I'm like, huh? Now what now? I don't subscribe to that narrative. I'm a, uh, I'm a believer. What yeah. do you mean? I don't have that. But I realized, like, yes, I do. I don't, I don't subscribe to that narrative. I'm not going to claim anything, but right. I had to realize, like, anxiety is real for me, so now what can I do on my end, and how can I invite God in to help me um, dethrone or overcome that? So. Right. So trauma taught you. Mm hmm Or just even. How to react and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Trying to figure it out. Trying to fix it. Trying to make a way. Yeah. Trying to get the ends to meet. You know, they be like, you know, your parents trying to get the ends to meet. It's always, it's never enough. And then your parents, they, they don't mean to, but they say that stuff. Like, well, you know what I mean? You So you hear it and you don't, you know what I mean? You just, you learn those patterns of, you know, poverty on accident. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what, that's something that um, I really hate. And as hate is a strong word, but I hate it about uh, the our black community is that we tend to just, you know, brush everything under the rug. Mm -hmm. We tend to act like it doesn't bother us. It's not affecting us. Nothing is, you know, wrong with us. And it's like, that's crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, that's crazy to be sick and never go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to be bleeding out and never think about getting a bandage. Mm -hmm. And what I love about, I won't even say my generation, but this time and age, um, despite the cancel culture and the craziness of the world, we, we are a generation that is bold enough to say something is wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And we're doing the opposite, which is crazy, of what I feel like the generation came before us. And... I feel like each generation is different. They, like, you learn something different. A lot of times our parents, like, I know for me, uh, growing up, we didn't say I love you in our household. Why is that? Maybe because they, you know, her, my mother, mother didn't say I love you to them. So when the next generation is teaching the next generation, they're just going off a of base what they was originally taught. So growing up, I didn't see that. And... It was something that I always would like when I see it on like TV, mm -hmm. family sitting down at the table. If I was to come and do that with my family, we I, I feel awkward. Like like this is not us. This is not something that we do. Or even I I'd be honest when I tell my mother, my stepfather, anybody for real, when I'm about to hang up the phone, I love you. It don't be that enthusiasm oh i love you see you later be like love you mm -hmm. 
like like it's hard to say all yeah like arm i'm scared like they're not gonna say it back because we were never used to that but it's all about learning unpacking and transforming how you want to operate mm -hmm. and if you never transform you'll continue a cycle that mm -hmm. does not need to be continued mm -hmm. so the fact that you are able to learn something through trauma have the trauma of your own and then come to the realization that something is not right about me it just proves that you don't want your generation after you to when go through the you, same hell that you went through that happened though by when i said i have a son <clears throat> and when i realized it was like i have to change or else like for him because you don't ever go into it like oh i'm gonna be the curse breaker in my family but when i seen anxiety start to manifest in my son that's when I was like, oh, no, God, I cannot have this get him yeah. because I know how it feels for me. Like, and it would be something as simple as him um, telling me, you know, his stomach hurt a Monday before school. And I would have that same I can know I knew exactly what he was talking about because I would have that same feeling before going to work on Monday. Right. So I could see it in him. And I, that's when I realized I'm like me telling him something is not going to work. I have to show him. So I asked God to help me show him mm. like what. So I had to make sure because he's not going to listen to what I say. He's going to listen to what he sees. So if he sees like the same thing, I saw my mother be anxious. And I'm like, even though I think I'm, you know, progressive and we, you know, starting like all of that, I still was anxious. I still was it was showing in him. Yeah. He's a mirror. Yeah. You're, you're, our children are a mirror. So that was when I really, really, really had to surrender it to God. Like, I know that I can't – I need you to be the ultimate co-parent with me with this because he, he's learned this now. So right. how – and I could say, oh, I can teach him about anxiety and all of these things and, I, you know, extra programs and all of that, but the majority of his time is with me and what he sees. So now he, he sees – affirmations all over the mirror there's affirmations in his room he sees my prayer board he has his own like i'll be like come on let's pray. like you know praying out loud or it, it telling him this is what i'm feeling so that he can understand it and let, let him know that it's okay so when he's nervous to go into a new setting i'll stay with him extra you know we'll try to talk through that because i yeah it, it has to stop it, right. the curse has to stop somewhere so as you train up a child mm -hmm. they will never depart never. from when they grow older mm -hmm. and that was something that i was so grateful for mm -hmm. growing up uh, I don't come from a religious family. Like, my mother mm -hmm. don't go to church. Like, nobody really in my family goes to church. My only person that goes to church was my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I always, like, when I talk about going to church with my grandmother, seeing other kids around my age who I grew up with in the church and how they fell off, mm -hmm. I realized that they were forced into a relationship with Jesus. And I was so mm -hmm. grateful that my grandma did not forced me into a relationship with Jesus, but she just set me in front of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if I was on my on the phone during service. It didn't matter if I was asleep. The fact that I was in Jesus' presence was enough. Mm -hmm. Like, my grandma wasn't slapping me, wake up. Right. None of that. And her not forcing Jesus on me, but just sitting me in the presence of Jesus, it helped me to step out at a young age and want to do the work of Christ, mm -hmm. like Junior Usher and being a part of the little kids' praise teams, the Easter plays, um, crazy of all things, accepting the calling of pastoring, I mean, I'm not or preaching, whatever you want to say, of ministry mm -hmm. at the age of 16. Mm -hmm. Nobody in my family mm -hmm. does ministry. <laughs> Nobody. There's, like, God telling me, I want you to be a pastor one day, who I'm going to look up to. <laughs> I have nobody to look up to, not a dad, not an uncle, nobody. It's just me. 
So I was just grateful for that opportunity. But it was what I saw in my grandmother that made me realize this is how you do it. This is how you operate. This is how you overcome what you're dealing with. And also, this is how you love on people. Mm -hmm. Like I said, growing up with my mother and them, I didn't really do that I love you type of stuff. But my grandparents, and I think everybody can say your grandparents is the most wonderful people in the world. So mm -hmm. when I did go to my grandparents' house, it was different. Mm -hmm. Like, if something was bothering me, I'm so used to, like, not talking about with my mother, but when something was bothering me over my grandparents' house, it was, you want to talk about it. And I, and at first, it used to be throwing me off. I'm like, I don't think I should, you know, really be talking to you about this. Like, I don't know. Like, what, what, what do I get? I talk to you about it. But the more and more I had those conversations with either my grandmother or my grandfather, it produced me to be the comfortable person that I am to be vulnerable, Ooh, how I am now, and to also be willing to walk into spaces like a therapist's office and just pour out everything in the first meeting and not be afraid or to invite others in and show them that, that comfortability because I had that shown to me mm -hmm. by my grandparents and stuff. It, it was easy for me to, you know, cry in front of them or express emotions and stuff. And because I was able to do that with them, I know like now what I desire and what I want from others around me. I want people to feel like they're loved. And I talked about this in the last episode. I want people to feel like they're loved when they're around me. Like you can cry, you can be yourself, you can, you know, be you mm -hmm. around me. I don't want you to ever feel like you have to walk around and just, you know, be a robot. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. a human being. Some days you're gonna be happy, you're gonna smile. Some days you're gonna be frustrated and angry and annoyed and all of that and that that is okay mm -hmm. and we need that yeah i love what you said i think what i took from what you just said is there there is power and freedom and vulnerability because mm. like you said not only does it create a safe space for you but for the people who are around you or choose yeah. to be around you i feel like people know like we have wisdom and discernment we can you know you know the gift of discerning spirits even so it's like you know when you can be vulnerable and, and call somebody a safe space or not. And, right. and I asked God a long time ago, like, I know that he called me to be an encourager. So that doesn't that, that doesn't mean, though, that I'm always going to be encouraged. But what I do try to be is a safe space. I yeah. don't want to judge you for how you feel. And I don't want to be judged for how I feel. Like you said, if I need to cry, if I need to mourn something, if I need to grieve a situation, and I'm not always good at giving myself the grace to do that. But I I feel like, like you said, you want the, the love. To, to pour it onto other people. So I'm learning to, to give myself that same love. Right. And then it'll automatically hit everything and everyone that I'm connected to. So, you know, I think that's that's powerful and dope. Like you said, even the vulnerability to count. I'm definitely love counseling. Back in it, it's yeah, it you need counseling and Jesus. It's, yeah. it's a it's it's a full full time job when you yeah. wanna when you wanna break curses and, and and be who all God called us to be. Like I feel like, you know, for a long time I limited myself. I played small. Um I even allow my, you know, make my gifts play small because mm. I'm like, I'm afraid. I, it got to be perfect. I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to succeed sometimes. So it's, it's like now it's just that that's, there's strength and vulnerability too. Right. And I think that's powerful what you said. And I, and I think um, when it comes to encouraging, the best way that you can motivate somebody is by just showing them. Mm -hmm. um, don't get me wrong. I love motivational messages. Eric Thomas. The TD Jakes, I love that. Mm -hmm. 
That's good. That that when I listen to them, I'm ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> I'm ready to yep. jump out the window and think that I can fly <laughs> without no wings or nothing. That's good. But to to me, the best way to encourage for me is through vulnerability. Mm-hmm. If I'm able to be vulnerable with you mm-hmm. or express my vulnerability, then I'm now showing you that you can do it also. Mm-hmm. And doing this podcast, um, a lot of people have reached out to me and said, said like, I love your, like, the way that you're vulnerable. Like, literally, I had somebody DM me yesterday, one of my friends. He, like, I would love to be uh, on the show and talk about whatever. Like, he's like, I talk about whatever because I'm, I'm watching you talk and stuff. And it's like, man, this dude is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's not to boast or anything, but that's, like, to show, like, the impact that I'm, I'm having, I'm creating on others mm-hmm. through Christ Jesus, who was vulnerable first. Now mm-hmm. he's teaching me to be vulnerable. So it was it was just amazing to see that. And it just, it just made me realize that everybody can encourage. Mm-hmm. You can be an encourager. You just have to find the way that you encourage. Mm-hmm. And for me, my way is through vulnerability and opening up and saying whatever it is. And that's hence how um, I got like the book that I'm creating called Let It Out. I, mm-hmm. I titled that because the best way to to get through your de- my depression was to unpack everything and let it out. And, and a lot in my book, um, a lot of my uh, stuff that I wrote in my book just stemmed from the conversations that I had sitting in my therapist's office. Mm-hmm. Like when I was writing all everything that I wrote, I realized that these are all the conversations that I had in my therapist's office that I, when I was in there, I was letting it out. And I went to therapy, what, from 2019, 2019 to 2021, so two two years, you know, and it was uh, and it was free therapy. I didn't have to pay for it. I haven't been back to therapy since because I, I just never reached out to nobody or anything. I don't, I don't know. But um, it was through the school, so it had to stop when I graduated. And I remember going to my last meeting, and she like, yeah, you know this is going to be our last meeting and stuff. And because you graduating like they don't they not gonna fund it no more and now i'm going through phases in my life where stuff is changing for the better for me and i'll be sitting here like dang man i wish i can go back and talk to that same therapist and let her know like guess what happened (laughs) but i learned for me that encouragement is through vulnerability but everybody is an encourager you Mm -hmm. just have to find how god is trying to use you to encourage because we are healed by the blood of the lamb and the words are our testimony. Mm-hmm. Your testimony look way different than my testimony and look mm-hmm. way different than that person's testimony. Find what works for you. Um, and you talked about black sheep. So um, what is black sheep? Can I ask that? Okay, so normally when you hear the term the black sheep, um, oh. a lot of times it talks about, like, if you Google it, like the black sheep of the family, it's normally the person that goes against the grain, that is rejected, that doesn't um, – like it doesn't fit into the normal like you're almost like looked down upon or frowned upon so um but we know (laughs) god gives us beauty for our ashes so i wanted to be intentional with you think that that stigma is something terrible because people told you that but 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 it can mean why can't it mean costly why can't it mean different why can't it mean set apart why can't it mean linear uh lineage changer why why does it have to be this thing so um it's really just a blanket for all those negative terms not even just what people say but what we say about ourselves we will count ourselves out because one person told us that we wasn't good enough or we was gonna be just like our mama or our daddy or we was something somebody told us something and then we ran with that for Mm. for a long time so i think just when you hear the term the black sheep you normally think of something negative so when you hear black sheep beauty 
I want you to know that God sees you. Like, and he's, he picked you. He, he left the 99 to go back to get you. The one that you, <laughs> he, I'm lost. I'm, I'm doing it wrong. I'm failing. I, I, I didn't do it right. I didn't do it holy. Whatever that is, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to stop everything to go back and get you. Right. And I feel like he did that for me. And I, and I want people to know that God will do the same thing for them. And that looks different. But I want it to be, um, so the black sheep is, yeah, it's just spinning that narrative, changing that mm -hmm. negative narrative to something positive, just offering a different perspective. Because like you said, when you, you lose identity, you lose who you are. So you would just kind of accept it. Oh, I'm going to always be this. I'm going to always be that. I, I, you know, why even try? Because they said I was never going to do it anyway. So it, it, it's easier to always believe the negative and not the positive. But, you know. Um, Jesus wasn't one. <laughs> he was the one that the builders rejected and became the chief cornerstone. So now it's like, yeah. So who do I think I am if they did it to, to the one and only? Like, yeah. it, it, I'm not. A, there's no exception for that. But um, I honestly, like, I, I can't. I don't know why God gave me that, but He gave it to me as a gift. And I, um, I just want other people to know, like, it's okay. It's okay to be that one who's different. It's okay right. to not look like everything and everybody else. It's okay. I and I and you know what I hate. That we all we we focus on a negative more than a positive. We do. I we believe that. that. So like literally, I, even for me, like it could be or a content video, and it could be a hundred and twenty-five positive comments, and it'd be that one yeah. person who got something to say. And I'm like, well, why they say like? So it makes you question. It, it, you know what I mean? You will unravel, and then I was have person that I'm working on it still, going down a rabbit hole. You get one negative thought, and it's like a domino. So now you've had one bad day, your whole life bad. You never, oh, Lord, I'm never getting out of, like, you know what I mean? I literally experienced that last week, and I had to use all of my tools just to, to, to counteract that and, like, choose to speak life even when what I felt was the opposite. Yeah. And But it's hard. We do believe the negative. We believe, or the enemy will speak. Sometimes the enemy has spoken to me in, a, in my voice where it's familiar, and I'm like, uh-uh, I don't agree with that. But you hear something negative, like, you'll always be in this place. Your business will always be here. You, but I, you will look back and be like, but look what I've done. Look what God has helped me do. Look at, look at this. And we don't see that. We just see the one area of our lives where it's not perfect or where we think it should be at this time and we think you know we'll always be that way so the black sheep is really just trying to tap into your identity and who you are who, who god has always known you to be but right. who sometimes we don't accept that we are mm. dirt is beautiful god mm -hmm. the dirt that we have god wants to use that for our beauty but the, the question now becomes will we allow god to take what was dirty and make it clean mm -hmm. and i know for a lot of unbelievers it's hard for some people to come to christ because they feel like they got to be clean mm -hmm. they gotta have it together they gotta not cuss or not smoke not drink not this blah 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 when christ died for us the bible says he died for us while we were yet sinners mm -hmm. he didn't wait until we was holy he didn't wait until we was holy or righteous he died mm -hmm. for us while we were yet sinners and it was his blood that cleaned us. Mm -hmm. We tried to clean ourselves and when we need to just move back and let God do the rewashing, making us new, making us whole, making us who he want us to be. We have to not be afraid of our dirty spots, mm -hmm. but we have to look at our dirty spots and say, if I'm dirty in this area, I know that if I go to God about this, he'll make me clean. Mm -hmm. We have to allow God to use the negative in our lives to get the glory. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I, I do focus on the negative, but I've, I've seen recently a lot of times where I see negativity in my life, and I'd be like, even though this looks negative, 
I know that God can get the glory out of this. Mm -hmm. So I, I began to ask the question, God, yes, I'm going through the storm. Yes, I'm going through this tribulation, this trial. How would you get the glory out of this? What do I need to do so that you can be glorified in this? And it's when we are able to embrace the dirt, embrace the hurt, embrace the pain, embrace the storm, the suffering. That's when we come with that different mentality and says, you know what, I'm not going to let it affect me, but I'm going to give God glory. If you just continue to press through, that's giving God glory because people is going to look at you and they're going to be like, why didn't you give up? Why didn't you give in? Why, why are you still going? And your only response is going to be like, because the Lord is the one <laughs> that is the carrying one. me through this all. So we can't be afraid of our dirt. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of your dirt. Instead, embrace the dirt and know that God created you out of dirt <laughs> Come on. and you're going to return to dirt. Mm -hmm. But when you return to that dirt, you're still going to have that crown of life. I want to get to the end and get my crown of life, get yes, that crown well and get that robe and hear him say, well done, that good and faithful mm -hmm. servant. I want him to remember me. Mm -hmm. And the best way that he will remember me is if I just persevere, never give up and allow him to have his way over my over my life mm -hmm. if you want to walk with christ and i know we we say like we're control freaks but if you want to walk with christ you have to surrender so i do a lot of things fearful mm -hmm. like do it scared and I, I think so we forget that <laughs> that sanctification and deliverance is a process yeah. we forget that and God can do something instantly. Let's not get it twisted. He absolutely can deliver you in a moment, and you will be free from that thing. But for me, someone who struggles with relinquishing control, for me, it's always been I, he has to process me in every single thing. And I know that that's how he speaks to me. That's how he works on me. So I had to learn, like you said, I, you do get afraid. You, you feel like, but I realized that God is not easily offended. He does not, like, if I come to him mad, angry, whatever that, whatever it is, I can give that to him. And I think we think that, he's like, man, he going to reject us or he going to say, nope, nope. Or he going to take his favor or he going to take his hands off of us. And it's like, no, this is how I want you to come. Right. And yeah, I had to realize it was a heart posture. And when you build relationship, then stuff just, it just happens. Your desire to want to read or to want to repent or to want to come to him and say, God, I messed completely up. See, I yeah. did it again. I tried it my way. I'm back again. I failed. I did this. I did it. I said, I was never going to do it again. And I did it. But I think that the enemy likes to use that guilt and that shame and that fear as a reason to keep us separated, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us, not even us. And once I started to grasp that fully, I'm not going to get it right. Like, I'm going to fall short of the glory of God. I'm going to do it over and over again. That doesn't mean that you take God's grace or anything for granted. Absolutely not. But what it does mean is I don't have to be perfect when I come to you. I never will be perfect when I come to you. But God, like you said, this is my dirty spot. Right. I've been struggling with it. This is the thing that I... So I think, like you said, it's about surrendering and, and knowing that, that it's a process and it's okay for it to be one. Yeah. But here and here's the thing, and it's kind of taking a, a, a shift or a little different approach because you said um, not taking God's grace for granted. Mm -hmm. What I've seen in the church a lot of times, too, though, is that people absolutely do take mm -hmm. God's grace for granted because they just, like, you know that God is going to uh, forgive you. I've also seen a lot of... and. I'm glad you brought it up because I've been meaning to make a video personally just for this uh, specific thing that I'm about to say is that we have too many sensitive Christians. We have too many Christians in the church that when they hear their sin being spoken, they become offended. Mm -hmm. why, why would you say that? 
you know, why would you even think that or stuff like that? I I have friends that when the church is talking about their sin, they get easily offended. And for me, I know if the church bring up my sin, I'm going to be like, amen, that's correct. Because mm-hmm. the truth mm-hmm. is the truth at the end of the day. And it'd be so crazy to hear that because Jesus spoke a lot of truth. Mm-hmm. All, well, Jesus, everything Jesus spoke was the truth. Mm-hmm. When Jesus talked to the woman at the, uh, at I was about to say the woman with the issue of blood. When Jesus talked to the woman at the well, mm-hmm. he said, you working on what? Your six or seven husband. <laughs> yeah. That may sound offended, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't not about to sugarcoat nothing mm-hmm. because this is the absolute truth and it it's the truth that will set you free but if you're so easily offended by the truth mm-hmm. it's not it's the person that's saying it wrong or mm-hmm. if they have a bad heart or mm-hmm. if they're judging me mm-hmm. it's are you mature enough mm-hmm. to hear the truth mm-hmm. let the truth sink in and say you know what i do need to change and it's only through letting the truth seek in that you will learn to have a new appetite, a new desire, mm-hmm. that you will learn to stop doing the same stupid stuff that you used to do. It'd be easier for you to be like, for instance, hit a girl up, what you doing tonight? You know what's gonna happen tonight if she come over. It's easier for me like, I'm not gonna do that because I know if you come over, mm-hmm. trash gonna happen. <laughs> that yep. don't need to happen. But it was only through letting that truth seek in more and more where it, where I don't even, like, I haven't, and I can say this humbly, in the last couple of months, I haven't had one of those moments where I'm walking into God's prayer, like, the presence, like, man, I done messed up again. I'm grateful for that because I let the truth seek in. But a lot of Christians, we haven't let the truth seek in, but more we're more uh, offended by it. And we always try to, talk about oh you got to be willing to speak uh the love of god into people you have to get past that you have to understand listen you know we know that god loves us it's Mm -hmm. what the hebrew writers talked about uh the mature saints and immature saints some people are still on the baby milk Mm -hmm. like you haven't you're not ready for the full course meal we you you have to get past the fact that you know god loves you god Mm -hmm. is going to love you nothing separates from the love of christ he's Mm going to love you Regardless, you have to get past that. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to be ready to eat the steak, the potatoes, the the macaroni. You have to be willing to be ready to eat that because there's so much deeper stuff. But if you're never ready for the full course meal, and you're always on a baby meal. You're stuck in the cycle mm-hmm. that the enemy once put you in, mm-hmm. and you are and you're never growing. You're never going nowhere. You look ridiculous being 35, <laughs> still getting breastfed by your mother. <laughs> Get off of that and start eating what God wants you to eat. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad you you brought that up because that 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 has been something that's just been on my heart. We cannot take advantage of God's grace, and a lot of people do that, and it's sad to see in the kingdom of God. I think it, I think what's what's difficult about it is I I don't think 
we often always get like the difference between condemnation and conviction. Mm. I think like when you have, like you said, it's it, regardless of how mature you are in your faith, it is hard to hear the truth about yourself, right? So, but like yes. you said, when you know something about yourself and you know that you struggle with it, you have to look like, was this delivered to me in a in a wrong way or am I, it's just hard for me to swallow and receive it. And a lot of times, like for me, God is gonna convict, listen, it's gonna talk loud, it's gonna be, it's gonna be painful, it's gonna smack me in my face sometime. Everything that God delivers me is not always like, here, Ari, this is what you need to do, my love. Yes. This is what, that's not always, sometimes he get, hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> again. Or guess what? You fell on your face again. Yes, I'm going to pick you up, but I'm going to remind you of every time, like, sometimes yeah. he has to, and sometimes I'll get it like that. God will check me, like, but I had to realize that where we, it's like an extreme of one thing. We'll get, we'll feel like it's all the way condemnation or it's all the way, like, you, you have to know when and that's when it comes with relationship for me anyway like god knows because i've spoken it out loud what it is that i struggle with and what i'm asking for deliverance from and i think he will put it in my path for me to continually get convicted not condemned by something until he sees me change so i think i had to be honest with myself and bishop check me all the time i'd be like oh he stay on my road. Like, I can't go one Sunday without this man being in my business. And I think he, like, you, you know, he has that gift of being able to preach one word and it hits you in your heart wherever it needs yeah. to. But I think, unfortunately, we we get confused with, yes, there are people of God, but they are not God. So you have to have your own relationship. We go to church, really, to fellowship. We, You know, of course, we want to get encouraged by, you know, everybody's testimony. We want right. to worship together. That's Those are things that we should do. But we get our feelings hurt or offended by somebody, and now we think, it was God who offended us. Well, no, maybe they didn't deliver it in love, but ultimately, like you said, if that was the truth, let me go to that and say, you know what, that did hurt my feelings, but the root of that was I need to work on this. And sometimes we just have to, like you said, we just have to be humble enough to be okay. When something is for us, God is going to, he, for me anyway, most times, I have never heard God come down and say, Ariel, do this, right? He has always spoken it to me through someone else, through a reminder, through an opportunity. Like it's always come by way of people. So I have to know that everybody that he puts in my life is either to teach me something. Maybe maybe I didn't receive it this way, but then that makes me go into why didn't I receive it this way. And then maybe somebody can tell me something. I'd be like, oh, you know what? It had met, Now I done meditated on it, went into worship about it, prayed on it. Like So sometimes you need those people, but I think we have to get out of that that narrative. Like everybody not going to like you. Everybody not going to have, you know, deliver it the right way. Right. Everybody not going to say what you want to hear. Somebody going to tell you about yourself. And you have to, like I have made the choice where I want to be the best version of myself regardless. And if you have something, and I feel like I, right now I'm in a space where I'm keeping people around me that want to sharpen me, that know who I am in God or, or who I aspire to be in God. So those people are, they, they're okay. I'm okay with them telling me, no, this is, no, this is not you. This is, you know what I mean? Then you right. you, you, you receive it differently because you respect it. You're not coming to me from a place of you want to harm me. You're telling me like this is belo- like this is this is not who you are. So I think it's that, that it's, it's, I don't know. It's hard. Being a believer is hard. And I think people don't understand that. And a lot of emotions and feelings go into that. And we yeah. think it's sh- being a Christian should, or, or our walk should look like a certain way. And we have to remember that we're human in that and that we're human in our experiences, but remembering that God is not. So we just have to be able to use that wisdom to say, okay, God. But God ain't going to ever send somebody to tell you, you know, to hurt you in that way. He always going to maybe uncomfortable, but I'm okay with being uncomfortable yeah. if it's going <laughs> to heal me. Yeah, and discipline is love. <sighs> like, if God don't discipline you, 
You mm-hmm. might want to check and see who you're walking with. Mm-hmm. Because the devil is not going to discipline you. The devil is going to give you everything that you want. If you're getting everything that you want, that, I, I, I <laughs> like, yeah, you you either, you, yeah. you're either living the the best obedient life ever, <laughs> yeah. or you walking with the wrong person because God, he works in three ways. He's going to say no, not yet, or yes. And if you're getting told not yet, that means that you got some development to do. If you're getting told no, that's not for you. And if you're getting told yes, that's your blessing. But if you're always hearing yes. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm yeah. scared if you just. I'm scared if, of a. If always. Because yes, I know that that's the opposite how God works for me. Now, I do believe, you know, he's going to. But he's still going to give me. How he t- he's still gonna give me process though. Yeah. For anything I ever want, want, like, or even now, like, I wrote things down years ago that I'm just now in process of getting. He's not gonna give it to me fast because he knows for me, like, you, I need that development. I still, like, yes, I've matured in a lot of ways, my prayer life, my relationship, but he still knows, like, you still hold on to fear about this, you still worried about, like, so I'm not gonna give it to you fast right. just so you can feel better. And I, I had to be okay with that. And I, but I had to know, I had to learn God for myself. I had to really go, I had to reach, I just had to go into deep dive of, of, of accepting God's love. Cause it's easy to say like, Oh, we know God loves us. Uh, you know, we, we, we can say that and we know that, but we don't always feel that. So for right. me, I had to realize, okay, God, how do you talk to me? When I like, when I have my f- most confidence in what you said, how did you, so I had to learn and study that. And I think, that has made it easier to know. Like, even this past week, like, I was disappointed. I had a, a huge, like, letdown I had. So I'm a content creator, and um, I was getting paid for Facebook and Instagram reels. And I was like, okay, hey, God. Not anymore. They canceled it. But I was like, okay, God, I'm getting paid for these videos that you see me making. So in my mind, I'm like, boom, that's, you know, that could be an extra stream of income. That can help with, you know, all these other things that I know that you want me to do. So then they took the program away and I felt like I had got knocked back 10 steps. And I'm thinking I like, never got paid for mine though. But it, it, so that's why imagine me being hyped. Like you've been doing videos and videos and videos and videos. And then you finally start to see like, okay, this can be, you know, and for me, the, the, the planner and the controller in me was like, boom, all right, now we got a plan. We can reach these goals. I had set goals in place and it's okay to, to goal set, but I've been, but my same prayer was God do something unexpected. So they ended the program. And when I say like, I was disappointed, like, and, and, I love I love content. I love mm. being able to use my platform to to help encourage other people and be vulnerable. But I was able to kind of see that like I felt like it was the fruits of my labor. I'm like, okay, God, you and and I got disappointed and I was angry. I was upset. I was frustrated and I grieved that. But I but I had to realize in that same breath, God was like, yeah, because you thought it was going to be like this. You thought you were about to make these videos and you about to have all this income and boom, there you go. So you had it in your mind how you wanted it. That's not how I said I was going to do it. So I had to be humble enough to say, okay, God, this is what I've been asking for. I've been asking for something unexpected. I've been asking for you to increase my faith. I've been asking for you to help me relinquish control. And then in that same breath, now I want to cry when it ain't happened how I wanted to. So even in that, I had to learn, like, not be careful what you pray for, but be mindful of what you're asking God for. Because he's never, his his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So he's never going to do it in a predictable way. But I had to be okay not knowing like you said earlier, like, are you okay with the unknown? I can't fully say yes yet. I, I got to be okay with it because I'm choosing that. But it's uncomfortable. It's it's, it's scary. Yeah. So I'm like, and I be wanting to know, okay, God, well, if you're not going to do it this way, how? That ain't my business. Right. And that and that's 
See, that's why I, I just dislike. It don't matter what plans you set. We can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. It don't matter. Like, he gonna laugh every time. Like, <laughs> that's that was cute. <laughs> that's exactly what I felt like he said. Like, girl, that little plan you had it written down and everything. So that was so cute. And I be hating that when it goes totally opposite of what I expected. Like, I, I can like think of times where I said something. Oh, I'm gonna wait on you, and then like. It's been six years. <laughs> I don't know uh, how much waiting we got more, Lord, but it's like it was like, mm-hmm. come on, it that that stuff that you that be the that be the worst when you make a plan, mm-hmm. you get ready for the plan, you think that this gonna work at this time and and this gonna happen at this part and that's gonna happen at that part and it's the total opposite. That's where I you know frustration comes in at, but it's like. We serve the God that does the unexpected, that we serve the God that he's going to do it his way. And even though we don't like it, you better learn, yeah, learn how to trust it and accept it. Because, hey, like Joseph, he had a dream to be the king. God gave him the dream. He didn't give him the process. He didn't show him the process. And when I think about that, it's like, what if God showed you the process? Mm-mm. Would you still say yes? If God showed you everything before you went, would you still say yes? That's where you have to, that's when you have to ask those, you know, you got to ask yourself those types of questions. Would you still say yes if God showed you the process? For me, if God showed me the process of ministry before, and I'm, I'm not even leading a, a church or anything, but I still like run into people that are so annoying. They get on my last nerves. I can't stand them. I'd be like, how, mm-hmm. how are you in ministry and you acting like this? If God would have shown me all of that before, will I still say yes? I say, watch this. I say yes, but and <laughs> that's a lot of times how we be. Yep. Yes, but I got my what I want to do, what I want is yes, but can that person not be there? Or can mm-hmm. that person not be there? We try to make our own accommodations. And that's why God doesn't give us the full story. Mm-hmm. Because if we gave us the full story, we'll try to make our own accommodations. Mm-hmm. And God's like, that's not how this works. You're only going to accommodate to what I tell you. <laughs> and you're yeah. going to do what I tell you. And you're going to have to fall in line. And if you don't want to fall in line, I'll I'll remove you, Saul. And I'll put David in. And we'll just w- work with what we got. Because at the end of the day, God is God. You are you. You didn't create the heavens. You didn't create the earth. You're just living in what the creator created, mm-hmm. and you got to learn how to fall in line and get with the program. And it's hard. It is. It's hard to surrender, but like you said, sanctification is a process. It is su- surrendering is a process. It is. Every yeah. day, like, you got to get up. Like, it's never a day. I feel like the enemy doesn't let up, so we can't let up. Like, I feel like yes. it, it, I, I don't care. There's never a day where I just – I'm learning – to just give him everything, give him my dreams too, not just my problems and what mm-hmm. I want him to do, but God, here's Black Sheep Beauty. What do you want to do next? Like we're we're go- undergoing a rebrand, and I don't even know what that looked like yet. Right. I got some <laughs> ideas, but I'm like, okay, God, we rebranded, but what are we doing? And I, like you said, it's just the we have to get. Oh, we hear the term all the time, comfortable being uncomfortable. We mm-hmm. say it so often, but truly, that's my prayer. Like God, I want to be okay, truly, and have peace in not knowing. Like that's like I shifted like years ago. I'm like, oh. 
I um, planted my uh, my first garden um 2021. No, mm. 2021. And I started calling myself a millionaire. Not because, like, of course, you know, we, we, we want wealth and all of that. But for me, being a millionaire was so out of reach. And I was like, okay, God, if I can nurture this garden, I can nurture a million dollars. And what he began to do is process. Give me million-dollar ideas. Give me million-dollar thoughts. Give me million-dollar faith. So it's like... Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he gave me a yes. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna see when we get there. I'm right. believing so, but I had to be okay with okay. This is how this looks for me, and it's still days where I'm uncomfortable and I don't like it and I'm frustrated and I'm upset. But I truly want to get to the place where I'm at peace. Like I want to be on the boat and I'm just sleep. Like cool, we good. Yeah. Got up. Like God got it. And I, and I know that you know. But like it takes me every day. I know how my mind works. I know how easy it is for me to get discouraged or distracted right. even. So I have to know myself and be humble enough to say, okay, if I got to do affirmations, I got to read ten scriptures. I got to get in my Bible for thirty minutes. I got to exercise. I got to drink. Then that's what I got to do. Yeah. That's what I got to do. The best peace is knowing that God is in control. Literally. The best. Like there's no peace. safer place to be than than in the will of God. There's no safer place. And though we don't always be there. I know where I'm gonna run to though. I know, I know, I'm gonna go home. Like, the, the world is ghetto, <laughs> and and not to say, you know, we're we're not perfect, but anytime I'm I'm in worship or whatever, mm. I just know like it's it's gotta be okay. It just it ain't coming back void. I know that, so it may not, right. you know, be this picture perfect plan how I wrote it in my journal, but that don't mean it's not gonna happen. Amen. So we're gonna go ahead and close, but before we close, do you wanna leave the people with anything? Oh man, we talked about a lot. Um, yeah, I got to figure out what what I'm going to title this. <laughs> to be honest, we talked about a lot, but but I would just leave you with give it to God. Like it sounds so simple, but whatever that thing is, whatever your first of all, I will I will give you two things. I would just say even if you're not a writer or any of that, begin to like write down specific things because. I have wrote down things years ago, and God is literally pulling them off the page one by one. So I would say write down what it is that you need from God, what you need for him to deliver you from, what what you want from him even, like your dreams. It's okay to dream with God too. So I would say like write it down, and then I would say then give that to him. Give what you wrote down to him directly. Even if you got to do that over and over again every day, if you want to be a business owner, if you want to start a ministry, whatever, whatever you have on the inside of you, whether that be pain or purpose, give that to God, and he will multiply it like he he's not gonna multiply your pain but he will show you that purpose will multiply it despite of that so Mm. that's the biggest lesson I've learned to give everything to him you know raising your kids your business your corporate job whatever it is he's never he's never going to give you back nothing so that would be you know even if it's hard give it to him anyway okay thank you that's amazing thank you for saying yes to coming on to the show it's it's an amazing to have you on here um I don't know who the next guest going to be, but we'll see when we get there. But I, I really do enjoy doing this podcast. I thank you to all my uh, listeners and subscribers. Um, and we're, before we go, we always got to close with a word of prayer. So, dearly, Father God, we just want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for this day, Lord. Thank you for this conversation. We pray that every person that listens and every person that tunes in, Father God, they get something that they needed from today. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that we will surrender our wills, surrender our plans, surrender our desires, surrender everything up unto you, Lord. And we pray that we will let go and allow you to be God over our lives. Father God, we don't want to be Lord of our own lives, but we have to understand not only do we serve a savior but we also serve a lord who has authority so we have to give you the authority to move and have your way mm-hmm. be god 
over our lives. So let us see them move, oh God. Get the glory, honor, and praise. Father God, we give it all up unto you. And we pray for that person, God, who does not know you, that they will get to know you today, Lord Jesus Christ. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen and amen. I will see y'all next time on Grabbing My Sores. Like and subscribe and uh, send this podcast to somebody. Thank you all for joining in.